You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show. Thank you so much for showing up. The podcast keeps growing and we love it. We love this profession. And our goal every time you tune in is to give you some great information so that you enjoy going to work and you create a better practice and a better life. And today is a great one. We bring back Heather Crockett, an amazing coach of ours. And we talk about the beacon of practice success. One of the most important things you have to get right to enjoy this great career in dentistry. So please listen up. I hope you guys enjoy it and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. We love that you guys keep showing up and you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep bringing it with great information, great thinkers, great teachers, great coaches, some of the most important stuff to help you create a better practice and better life. And today is no different. We've got Heather Crockett on, one of our amazing coaches. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite things. But before we do that, I'm going to lay out a promise. And the promise is a big one. We're going to be talking about the beacon of practice success. If you get this right, continuously, and you work on it over and over and over again, I promise you, your practice or your business will become healthier and healthier and healthier. You'll achieve bigger results than you ever dreamed. And I wish, I, I wish I could go back at a time machine and speak to my 25-year-old self and say, you need to know this. I wouldn't have listened anyway, but like, I wish I could go back. So Heather, Let's bring you on and say, I'll just say this. Thank you for being on. I always appreciate you. I appreciate you, Kirk. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we do this quite a bit. And we talk about, we've got a lot of great content lined up for the next, I don't know, six, eight months because we're getting more and more organized all the time. And this is the staple, the cornerstone, the beacon of practice success. Why don't you tell everybody's listening? What's the cornerstone, the beacon of practice, practice success. Well, if any of my clients are listening, they better have guessed that it was core values because the beacon to practice success are your core values. Yeah. Now here, you're probably driving and you're like, oh gosh, here they go again about core values. I'm just <laughs> here to tell you. And I don't care anymore because I'm 53. It is the most important thing you will ever, 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 ever do in business. 
And here's why. When you really find out what they are, you lean into them, you give them a name, you write sentences to support them, you reward, hire, fire around them. Everything gets better. Your results get better. And here's the bottom line. You enjoy going to work. Work is hard. It is. It just is. I don't care what you do. But if you go into a workplace that's healthy, nothing trumps that. Nothing beats that except the absence of health in a in an organization. Mm-hmm. And when you can look around and go, man, these are my people. It's awesome. Now, I'm not going to tell you we've created this amazing, perfect business. I'm pretty proud of it. Like, But at the bottom, the, the end of the day, there's some lessons to be learned here. And when you get these things right, the crazy stuff goes away. One more thing, Heather, before we jump into this. I want you guys, if you're listening, you spent 30% of your lives, your breaths that you take on this planet while you're alive at a place called work. Why wouldn't you want that to be a fun place to go? So tell us more about why core values are so important, Heather. Well, it's like you said, Kirk, like you don't care anymore. You're 53. You're just going to say it over and over and over that you do care. And that's why we're saying it again, because we care so much about our community and our listeners that we want them to get in their brains just how important core values are to their practice and their organization. Um, I know that everyone struggles with alignment with their values. What does that mean? It means that you may have people in your organization that are not aligned with your core values. That's a huge struggle and frustration that so many doctors have. And when I have conversations with my clients and they say this person's frustrating them or, or they're having a struggle or an issue with a team member, usually it's because there's a misalignment in the, in the values. And we have to come back to having that core value conversation there's really nothing more important because they are a guiding force in your organization. We talk about the book Traction by Gino Wickman all the time. And the very first thing that you do when you establish a vision for your organization is you define your core values. If you define them and you outline them, then hiring, firing, rewarding, and making sound decisions for your practice becomes so much, so much easier. Um, And we as humans, we crave Uh, to know what our boundaries are and what expectations are from us on a daily basis, weekly basis. What does that look like exactly, even when it comes to behaviors? And that's what the core values do for your practice as well. They give you those set expectations on how your team members should show up every day for you when they come in and walk through the door and work. Yeah, I love it. And you said some key words there. One of the key words was behaviors. Now, if you've never done this work, we have a download that you can use. You can go down to the show notes and just start the process. But core values aren't beautiful words that are like excellence and honesty. No, no, no. Core values are verbs. They're actionable verbs that you can see. They're actual behaviors that you enjoy while you're at a place called work. And we have six of them. One of my favorites is all in attitude. I mean, I don't need brilliant. I don't need smart. I want all that. I need people that are all in, you know? So just want to be here, love what we're doing. And that is like the king value of it. And if you're a dentist listening or you're a team member listening, you find that those are some of your favorite things. Your least favorite people aren't bad people. They just don't care about the things that you care about. And what's really cool about values 
is you can talk about them over and over and over again. So we have six of them and we're going to give you kind of a treatment plan here, which includes having a core value champion, which Heather is mine. So I've got a lot of things going on just like you do. And there's a lot of processes and emails and things. Heather holds me accountable weekly to, we got to do this. We got to call out the values. We got to do this. I got a new idea. We got some new swag. I love ideas, but the follow through, I'm terrible at. So I need a follow through person who makes these things come alive. And when you give these names, you're proud of them. It's so cool because people become proud of them themselves. And they also attract other team members. We're in a day and age where it's harder than ever to find th somebody through Indeed. And I actually think that method is probably dead. Now, now we have to think like recruiters, like even recruiters in sports now with a transfer portal. So it's not getting any easier. The best programs, even sporting programs in the country are going to have a value-based approach where people are like, I want to be here, not because I want to be the best or I need, they're going to, I, I want to be part of what this is all about. Don't you think, Heather? Yes, absolutely. And I would say it's also true of when a team member is just not fitting right and something just doesn't seem like it, like it, it molds and it gels, like there's something off about that person. Usually, like I said, it's a misalignment in, in values. Um, it, can I share a story, Kirk? Please. Yeah. So when I, when I was interviewing to come be a coach at ACT, I specifically remember when Christina asked me about a past company that I worked for. And she said, I noticed that you don't have any references listed from this company that you worked for for a few years. And I shared with her and I, I will never forget. I said, you know what? They're great people. They're good people. We just didn't have the same values. And I don't, I didn't know then as much as I know now about how core values and how important they are. Um, but I'm sure that that piece alone, you know, resonated with Chris, resonated with me too, to say, you know, it's not that they were bad people and I'm not, I would hope I'm not a bad person either. We just didn't align. It didn't yeah. work and it didn't feel right because our values just weren't lining up. They didn't match. Yeah. Now this is not foreign conversation. I totally agree, Heather. You know, if you're a parent, you do this all day long. This is how we behave. This is who we are under this roof. You're constantly repeating something called values, even if you don't give them specific names. And so their guideposts, their guardrails on how we all behave together. Now, the first item when you're drafting is how, you know, how are we going to get there? How is, how is this all going to work? And you're going to start with basically a rough draft of this, of what your core values are. And don't try to get it all right. You got to let them bake for a period. And, and when we started, we had five of them. And some of them were what I called anti-values. They weren't really positive things. I'm a positive guy, but there were things I hated from the past. And I called them out in our values. I said, I hate this. So I'm looking for the opposite of this. Well, that's not a good way to do it. <laughs> and so... I recognize like I got to call out the things that I love and the things that I enjoy about the people that I work with. And once you start to let them bake and you start to give them words, then you can tell stories. Then you can recognize people on a regular basis. You're going to create some swag. You're going to put it all over your website. I hope that if I interview you, let's listen to this podcast. 
You could go on for 20 minutes about your core values and go, let me tell you about them. They're awesome. And here's what I did. And here's another thing. So that's my hope for you. What else should I be thinking about, Heather, as I start to create these? Well, you should make them a big deal. So as soon as you got them created and you and you present them to your team, it sh- they're a big deal. So you should spend a lot of time talking about them, defining them, and, and really discussing them with the team and making sure that your team is aware of what they are and what they mean. Um, and the reason I say that so, so strongly is because I go out and I visit my clients and I, I will sometimes quiz the team members and say, all right. I want you to take your pencil right now and write down all of your core values. And the first person that stands up, I give them a gift card because if they get the core values right and they wrote them down with confidence and they don't sit there and go, oh, oh, I'm not sure. If that takes place, you know that you're, you're doing something wrong when it comes to your core values because they really need to be embedded We've, we've said it over and over. They're the most important thing. Your team members need to have them memorized and be able to spit them out. And so should you. And if they're not on your website and they're not screaming on your social media, then there's something, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Yeah, I totally agree. A couple more things. If you're taking notes here, if you're a dentist or if you own a business or you do hiring, you only hire people for two reasons for the rest of your career. You hire them because they fit your core values. And the second reason you hire anybody is they get results. And when you can lean into that and be super clear, look, I'm looking for people that fit our value system and I'm looking for somebody that gets results in this seat. And you can create something that clearly articulates how are you doing? Given a clear line of sight, you can go back and listen to some previous podcasts about how that all works. You're gonna see things get better so fast You'll do what Pete Dawson said to me years ago that I never really understood. He said, when you get the right people, you can produce twice as much in half of the time with a quarter of the stress. And that is absolutely true. We coach practices all over the country and they experience crazy months. I look at the, I'm like, how, what in the world? That's a crazy good stretch. What's the secret? Nobody ever says, yeah, I'm really good now. They go, no, they all say the same thing. Dude, I got the right people. I got the right people in the right seats. It's harder than ever. Now, let's take the vantage point of a hygienist who's walking around in your community looking for the right place. If I'm a hygienist and I know I'm good, I know I'm good. I'm not wasting my time going to work for anybody. I'm going to pick somebody that I enjoy who I am as a result of going to work. And that's somebody who holds values up. Now, one more thing I want to add in this, Heather, because this is like a hot button for this month. It's the beginning of the year and refreshing and rethinking about everything. All of you that are listening are thinking about how is this year going to be better than last year? I would encourage you just to lean heavier into your values. You don't just set them and forget them. It's like a garden. You got to nurture them. You got to bring them to life. And shout out to Dr. Chris Mazzola, who gave me a great book. And I'm only day two into it. It's called Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. I highly encourage everybody to read it or listen to it. And this morning I got hit in the face by one of the things that he said. I love it. He said, character is a skill. It's not a trait. Bam. He said, because character is something you work on every day. Those are decisions. They're day-to-day decisions that you have to make and they become more values-based than instinctual. And I was like, that's totally true. You think about your kids, your kids don't wake up with great values. No, they're decisions. They're made every day. So character is something that we have to work on. It's a leadership trait. It's a skill. There are moments in your life you're like, I got to make a decision here. What do my values say? 
And you learn that over and over and again. And I was telling Heather before we hit the go button, you would have met me 10 years ago. I'm a, like a nice guy, but I would have always been instinctual, you know, like, Oh, I think we got to do this. We got to do this. I'm stressed. Let's do that. And so you would think I was neurotic. Like he's a nice guy, but he's all over the place, man. He's making decisions based on instincts. But when you can transition to making them on values and you live and lead by example, it has a multiplying effect. Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. And when you say that character, now the download that we put in here in the show notes, um, we talk about different characteristics that are evident in current and past team members, whether they are, are good or not so good. As you spoke to before, Kirk, with your anti-values, those opposites, I, I tell my clients it's the pet peeves, right? Like what is it that drives you nuts that gets under your skin? Just, ugh. Those are the types of characteristics that you don't want and you want the exact opposite of to be part of your value system. So I, I love that you talk about that, that character piece of it, um, because it, it does take work. We're going to put these in place and then we're not just, as you said, we're not going to set it and forget it. You absolutely can't. If it's a skill, it's something that has to be nurtured. We have to give it some time and attention and effort in order for it to grow and get better. Yeah. And this is your advantage. I, I couldn't agree more, Heather. Like, if you own your own business, your distinct competitive advantage is your people. Mm -hmm. You have to build a team. Your number one job is to build an amazing group of people that fit your values and they get results and you put them in the right seats. And then you could sit back and go, this is crazy cool. It becomes your favorite thing. I mean, I was talking to one of our vendors who I love and he's like, dude, I'm not kidding. Like everybody I talk to on your team, they're freaking amazing people. Now, again, please don't hear. I love, I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, I'd love to take credit for some of that, but I can't, I can't. It's just that we lean so heavily in the values. Now there's downsides to values too, because once you start putting it out there, people are going to call you out on it. Nobody makes more mistakes than the leader. And so you got to be ready for that. The other downside of values, and it's a really good downside, is that once you get to a point, you know, we have 19 people now, like somebody doesn't fit from a value standpoint, man, it's like the other 18 are ready to eat them alive, you know? And so there's, they'll come to you and go, what is going on here? Because they want to hold the standard up to it. So Nothing is perfect, but as you start to do this, or I should say, and you start to do this, you're going to find, wow, that was pretty cool. Things start to happen because of this process. And so I just tell everybody, like I give everybody, I give friends of mine, the book traction. Like I gave a good friend of mine who runs an amazing company and he's complaining about his, you know, leadership team. I gave him five traction books. I'm like, dude, this is the secret. Read this. He's like, yeah, thank you. I go, and then a month later, two months later, still complaining. I'm like, did you read those books? No. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. I can bring a horse to water, but I can't make them drink it. I'm just telling you, like, it does work. Now, the final piece, or well, actually, any other thoughts you have before we get to the final piece <laughs> of actually making this work? Well, I was going to tell you, Kirk. So I, I have a client that I'm currently working with that um, we've, we've worked together for a couple of months now values, core values, core purpose, but all of that is part of our foundation, our foundational piece. They want to go faster and they want to start moving on to some things, but they haven't quite yet defined their core values. And I keep coming back to that and they will know and understand that I'm sure in the near future when, when they are faced with those decisions to make. 
Um, but that's the piece that I want you guys to understand is that it's a beacon to practice success because you're faced with challenges and decisions that have to be made on the daily. And if you rely on your core values to make those decisions, that's that beacon. That's that lighthouse in the fog on the water when you're just not sure exactly how to proceed. That's where you go is your core values. And they will not lead you astray if you lean on those core values. That's the piece that I was going to say, like, get the foundation in place first. Don't try to go and move too fast. Go through the tool that we've got, establish and define those core values, and then use them as you have those, those hard questions and those hard choices that come up. Every single time a client will ask me a hard question, um, obviously there's going to be some questions and some decisions that come up that you don't necessarily need to go through your core values that I would say 95% of them though, you can run through your core values and you will find that those decisions are easier to make. And the choices that you make are much more beneficial to you, your team, the practice and your patients moving forward. And for the long-term health of your organization, because you filtered them through your core values. Absolutely. I actually think that Team members, you know, if you're just listening and you're short team members, I, I'll just tell you this right now. Team members are doing more homework on you than you're ever doing on them. And they know who you are. So you can't run from your reputation. Now, I love this industry. I think dentistry is a very noble profession. It's an incredible profession. And the whole purpose of this podcast is best practices. We want you guys to have a better practice and a better life. But I do field some of these phone calls. I do have these conversations with some dentists that haven't done this work. And one dentist is like, nobody wants to work anymore. Nobody wants to work. I'm like, nobody wants to work for you. That's the key is like, you know, and while I was home for Christmas, my brother-in-law, he's his wife. She's her name is Aaron. Aaron shout out. She had, she had this bag and it was so cool. It says, be the dog, be the person you, your dog thinks you are. Like, I thought about that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. How cool is I love that? that? Yeah. Like and and I also translate that not only to dogs, but to humans. Like humans, I, you got to continuously be the person that you want to be. And you can also be vulnerable. You don't have to be perfect. But I think if they can see you screw up consistently, but still step in your values, they'll go like, he's not the smartest guy, but I think I could handle like, a few of these mistakes and all of these things. I, I think it's just so important as you build a sustainable, healthy business long-term, you got to give people a bigger reason to stay with you other than work, other than money, other than the job. Your mission and your vision statement, they're very important. But I can assure you not one team member is sharing any of that with anyone. They will, however, scream at a party at their cul-de-sac about the value-based decision that their leaders make. Remember, one last thing, I'm kind of tying on. Team members never leave a practice. They always leave a person. So no dental team members ever left a practice. They're like, they left a person. They left a leadership team. They left a, you know, they left a person who was in charge of that culture. So I just want to really reinforce like how crazy important this is. And when people get a hold of it, they make magic happen. Now there's a key piece here and we'll save this one for while we've talked about it. We mentioned this before. You have to have a core values champion. So as you start to put this in place, I want you to talk about how important having that champion is. It's somebody on a weekly basis who holds the leadership 
or the leaders accountable to calling them out, recognizing them, doing something. So Heather, you're ours here. How important is that role here? Oh my gosh, it's crazy important. Well, you we've, we've talked many times about having a function accountability chart. The function here is our core values and keeping them alive and well in the practice or the organization, right? And the accountability piece is that person that has their name tied to that, they're the ones responsible and they have the ownership to make sure that they are showing up. Well, how, how does that work? It's unique and different to every practice and organization. We like to do, we've, we've implemented video shout outs. We have changed what our, um, our definitions and our wording is to support our core value titles so that they are in fact verbs and that they mean something on a deeper level. We have medals. That was your idea, Kirk, that I think that you took from another friend from another organization. So we have different ways of rewarding um, people in our organization, not just our team members, but also our clients and our study club members. Um, and, and that's been really fun. But you need to have one person assigned to do that because that person will be able to hold everybody else in the organization accountable to making sure that those are in fact alive and well on a daily basis. I encourage my clients to change it up a little bit so that everybody in the practice has an opportunity to be the core value champion. And that's completely selfish because I love it so much. I just want everybody to have the same joy. Yeah. And I, but the caveat I would say to that is that whoever handles that has to be good at follow through. Because Jim Collins said this, the signature of mediocrity is chronic inconsistency because you can do this once, but then you forget about it. And I'll be transparent, like the medals thing, Heather, I was going to mention that too. So I did get this idea from another person who is in another business. If you're watching the video podcast, the medal thing, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a brilliant idea. So what I did was I took a picture of it. And I sent it to Heather. And then I went on to the next thing. I can't remember what I did five minutes ago. I can't remember what I had dinner for yesterday. And when she came back with the first version, I'm like, eh, they're not heavy enough. They're kind of wimpy. You know, I want them to be like real gold medals with like a great, you know, band around. So we have different colors and I want the logo like to be. And then she went through another version, another version. Then we found a vendor. Who could repeat the process? Well, that's one part of it is actually taking it to the finish line. Second piece is like recognizing clients and team members for it. So I love the idea. And so she comes to me with a spreadsheet or a Google Doc on a regular basis and goes, here's what we've got. Here's who team members have called out. And we're always looking at ways to improve the system. But here's what that means to you and to me. I believe in this so much. But if it was left on my shoulders to figure all this out, and do this and stay consistent, I would already tell you we would have forgotten it. And then we would have tried it again and then forgotten it and then tried it again and forgotten it. So you do need someone who can go, all right, are you serious about this? All right, I'll hold your feet to the fire. We'll do it. What ideas do you have? Let's make this happen. And then Heather also brings incredible ideas. I think it's awesome. Now what you have is collectively, people start to look around and go, hey, that." They're not kidding. Like this stuff really works, don't you think? Absolutely. And it does. It sets you apart from other practices and other organizations. If you want to have that craveable culture, if you want your team members to just love working for you and look at it as a career and not a job, this is where you start. This is really where that practice success comes into play. Yeah, absolutely. And and final, the final bonus on this is you got to find creative ways 
to make them come alive. We're going to put a download down into the show notes. You can click on it. I got a little handout. You know, you can use them in recruitment and selection. If you do a newsletter, call out a patient or a team member. You can do social media posts like once a week, call out a team member that did something as a behavior that fit one of your core values just to keep it alive. You can do a hashtag on a core value when you're doing a post that calls out like you can create swag. The first thing that we created, Adriana Booth, who's one of the amazing coaches here, she created swell bottles. I still have the original one because I never want to get rid of it. She's like, Are you, do, you, do these matter? I'm like, yes, I'm going to put them on a swell bottle. And we gave them to the entire team. You can create coffee mugs, T-shirts. You can use them in on your onboarding process, you know. Um, there's so many things that you can do to keep them alive. And so what we're going to encourage you to do is just number one, figure out what they are. Number two, let them bake. Number three, realize that you got to work on them every day and develop that character skill. And lastly, you got to have some type of a core values champion, somebody who holds you and the leadership team uh, their feet to the fire and making sure that these are alive, they're real, they're challenged. Like you even question the font or the, sometimes the wording around it and like, okay. And through this, we coalesce, that's a cool word, around what it really means. And it gives it more life, more value, more everything. Um, so it's good stuff. Any last thoughts you have, Heather, on the most important thing, the beacon to practice success? Um I would just say if you if you haven't started yet, if you if you don't have your values set and defined, that's where you start. Use the download and start there. And I would even offer up if you get stuck or if you need any help. This is one of my favorite. It is probably my favorite thing to do and help my clients through. I would love to poke holes in what you've created and give you feedback on it. Um, reach out to Gina. Um, she's awesome too. And we'll put her, her link as well. You can have a call with her and ask her more about what the core values mean. Um, it's, it's something that we lean on very heavily. And it's one of the reasons why I know Kirk, you're so humble. One of the reasons why we've been able to be so successful and have the amazing people around us because we have leaned into our core values so much. Yeah. I'll never stop. So, and I would encourage you guys (laughs) to. It's awesome. We love it. Hey, so. Awesome. Well, thank you, Heather, for being on. I appreciate you. Stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. But thank you guys for listening to the Best Practices Show podcast. Hey, this is a brand new year. We're going to keep bringing great content so that you guys can create a better practice and better life. And like I said earlier, dentistry is an incredibly noble profession. It's an awesome profession. My hope is you keep showing up and we'll keep bringing it. So until you guys hear from us next time or you see us next time, keep watching or keep listening to the Best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm going to spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.